Hi there, it's Sue, and you're listening to a special 12-part series of Maker to Master, Find and Fix What's Not Working in Your Small Business. This is Part 9. Given that many of us are sequestered at home right now, I wanted to do something to balance out the pull to watching the news over and over again. The best thing we can do right now is stay healthy, mentally and physically. That means being active. Go outside for a walk each day, lift weights, or get on your home bike, and think about how you can use this newfound time to be productive. Wouldn't it be great to come out of these times stronger in mind, body, and business? Towards that end, here are a few chapters of my book. Listen to all 12 episodes to hear it in its entirety. On Mondays, I'm sticking with our regular podcast, and then on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you'll get these special editions. If you'd like to purchase a hard copy, you can do so on Amazon or at giftbizunwrapped.com. Are you discouraged because your business right now isn't performing as you envisioned? Do you tell people everything is wonderful when inside your stomach is churning because you know it's not true? This book will help you identify where the holes are in your business and show you exactly how to fix them. You'll learn from owners just like you who are seeing real success, growing their companies, and living their dream. In this book, find out how to confirm your business is set up correctly to provide the foundation for growth how to implement pricing strategies that bring in sales and make you money, how to effortlessly attract new customers every day, and balance the making of your product with the running of your business. And finally, you'll discover how to ensure that your business stays open and grows over time. Let's get right to it, shall we? Chapter 38 RSVP. The only holiday in August is an event put on by Merle of Celebrate Sweetly. She has a gift basket business. At the end of the summer, she gathers customers and other service or product providers together for a big bash. It's perfect timing, too. Corporate holiday plans are hitting the marketing department's to-do lists right at that time. Contacts are made for party planning, employee appreciation, and client holiday gifts. Janet owns Alden Kennels, an animal boarding and training facility in northern Illinois. She puts on a multi-state mixer in June that attracts business owners from miles away. It's no surprise that she draws such a crowd. Janet does it right. She rolls out the red carpet for all attendees. Literally, people walk in on a red carpet. Once inside, guests enjoy enticing food and beverages while mingling and listening to music. Sprinkled throughout the grounds are other entertaining activities, too. This gives attendees plenty to experience and talk about as they meet new people. It's the networking event to attend. Notice it has nothing to do with pets and everything to do with introducing and connecting people. Event marketing is an opportunity like no other. Bringing people together and providing a fun-filled experience reflects back on you. Events give you visibility with an audience you haven't reached before and provide a story to spread the word. 
We talked about the value of stories in the prior section, Once Upon a Time. Not all events need to be as lavish as these. Brian of Lash LaRue outdid himself one year with Halloween decorations for a chamber-sponsored business crawl. Word spread that you had to go and see his decor. That attracted people who had never been in Brian's salon before. Once they entered his location, they were one step closer to becoming a customer or making a referral. Terry of My Secret Garden has regular get-togethers that attract customers to her store, too. Mom's Muffins and Mimosas is one of my favorites in celebration of the start of a new school year. She also does in-store fashion shows, highlighting the season's newest colors and styles. Nick at Lucas Candies captures attention from customers in the media when he and Deb roll out their holiday handmade candy cane demonstrations. It's almost an impossible feat to make enough of these old-fashioned treats to meet demand. Events are the way brick-and-mortar shops can compete with online stores. Getting people into your space so they can see what you're all about is the biggest challenge. Events accomplish this. Craft and trade shows. Plans this weekend? When done right, local farmers markets, craft fairs, and large trade shows provide the perfect venue to find new customers. The great thing about these shows is they attract a crowd of people, many you would never get in front of independently. You might also encounter someone who is looking for new items to carry in their shop, or even catch the eye of a large distributor. You never know who will come by your booth, but one thing is certain, if you don't work the show in a professional manner, your sales opportunities will slip away, many of them never to cross your path again. Chapter 39, Psychology of a Show. Local craft fairs exist in every part of the country. There are county fairs, community art show weekends, and weekly local markets. On the surface, you might think that being in a craft show is a way to sell your product and make some extra money. Yes, it's that, but oh, so much more. Let's talk about the other advantages you can realize from exhibiting at a show. After all, when you attend, you want to make the most out of it as possible. 1. Product Testing Whether you're introducing your product for the first time or it's a new flavor you're adding to your product line, this is a great research center. For the cost of entry, you have a focus group right in front of your eyes. Watch carefully and you can gain valuable information that will help direct your actions for the future. Consider things like, which flavors of your spice mix are the most popular? What color candles are the biggest seller? Do people understand what your product is right away, or do they need to see a demonstration? Fairs also give you the opportunity to talk with people directly and gather additional market knowledge. Maybe your vision is to sell on a global scale. Ask questions to determine what adjustments should be made to your product before you invest in a large amount of inventory. 2. Gain visibility. Yes, sales are important. It's always great to cover the costs of attending an event. But sales aren't everything. You are getting visibility for your business, even if someone doesn't buy right then and there. It's important to think of these shows in light of the future business they can create. 
a potential customer may get distracted and will buy online later. Or they will remember when they need a gift where your product is a perfect fit. That is why printed materials you have at your table are important and can play a big role. Two, identify opportunities. Another advantage of craft shows is the interaction you have with the other exhibitors. You can learn valuable information about the other shows they attend, how they developed their products, or the context they have that could benefit you too. The potential is limitless. You never know what you'll find until you start a conversation and show interest in other people and their stories. If you've ignored local craft shows before, I urge you to reconsider. They pave the way for the growth of your business. One event builds upon another. People begin to expect your attendance and, in some cases, come to the show solely to see and buy from you. This is a beautiful thing. It's exactly what happens to Sheena of Lula's Bath and Bombs. There are lots of companies that make sugar scrubs and bath bombs, but not like she does. People follow her from show to show to restock their supply and to see what new scents Sheena has concocted. They also want to take in her dynamic, spirited style. She has a way of interacting with her customers that's engaging and leaves you wanting more. Chapter 40 Center of Attention White Smoke Puffing Out of a Cauldron A Holiday Tree Dressed in Colorful Mittens A turning rack with beveled beads that captures the light and reflects it off the opposite wall. Product displays that attract attention will also fill your pockets. Not only do you effortlessly get people to check out your booth, you've provided them with something to talk about. You have to go check out that booth on the far wall. It is so cool. Use your creativity and give your booth style and pizzazz for maximum attention and sales. Having an eye-catching booth does not mean it needs to be expensive. Here are some things to consider as you design your next show display area. 1. Keep your product display simple and clean. Too much product can be overwhelming if it gets messy with people shuffling through everything. Make sure there's a nice balance between too much and too little. 2. Have signage that shows clear pricing. This is a question you'll have to answer over and over again if it's not clear. Or worse, people will walk away. 3. Display creatively. Instead of laying things out on a table, find more interesting ways to present your product. Think about using ladders, crates, wine racks, or foliage. Search around online and you'll find lots of ideas to spark your creativity. 4. Make the atmosphere of your booth welcoming. This is done through color, layout of product, ample space for people to comfortably walk around, soft music playing, and whatever else you can dream up. Your goal is for people to be so comfortable in your booth that they want to spend time and browse. Perfecting your booth will be a work in progress. You can enhance your space over time as you see what is resonating and attracting a crowd, and what you can do better. Happy booth creation! Chapter 41. It's a party and you're the host. Whether you take part in a small local craft fair or a large trade show, think of your space as your party room. You are inviting people to your booth to talk and get to know you and see your products. If this party were in your house, 
Would you leave the door wide open and hope that people would come in without being invited? Would you see them and not greet them once they were inside? I'm pretty sure you wouldn't. I'm also certain you wouldn't then disappear into another room and leave your guests on their own to entertain themselves. So why would you do it in your booth? Wait, are you telling me that you don't do that? Great, then I'll come to your party anytime. Even so, I feel the need to go through some of the common mistakes that people make when exhibiting at shows. It costs them a lot of sales. Exhibitor don'ts. Don't sit focused on your phone when there are people in your booth. Don't leave your booth unattended with only literature to do the selling for you. What if they want to buy? Don't have a private party in your booth with your friends and ignore potential customers. Don't be unresponsive and show how tired you are, even at the end of a long day. Smile. Don't start packing up early at the end of the show. Everybody who attends should have the ability to see a full display. Exhibitor dues. Do acknowledge someone's presence with a smile or nod if you're busy and can't interact with them right away. Do be alert and available if you see that someone has a question, but also let them look at your products in peace. Do have a smooth checkout process planned in advance so you aren't fumbling and wasting time. Do capture email addresses for all new customers. You want to be able to talk with them again. Do engage and listen to what people have to say about your products. It's a perfect feedback opportunity. Let's transition now to best practices for communicating with attendees at the show. Here's the way to quote-unquote work a show. I call it the exhibitor interaction flow. One. Greeting. Say hi. Pretty obvious, right? When people walk by your table, greet them even if they are just strolling by and not stopping. Things like, good morning, or love your sweater, or thanks for coming out to see us today, will all do. You are just being friendly and could attract people to stop and chat with you who normally would have passed you up. Two, one sentence explanation. When someone approaches your table and you've greeted them, give a one-sentence explanation of what your product is. Make it compelling and include why it stands out. This is your USP from the Find the Hidden Treasure section. Your product may not be obvious in terms of what it does. Don't leave them guessing. Tell them. Three, browse and consider. Let people look around at their leisure without you hounding them with more and more information. Be available, but not hovering. You've already presented a friendly environment that allows them to ask you questions or continue the conversation if they want to. Four, an open invitation back. If someone leaves without buying anything, close the interaction, leaving room for more. It could be a statement like, enjoy the show, thanks for stopping by, or... I enjoyed talking with you. Stop back anytime. You want them to walk away with a good feeling about being in your booth, whether it was for 30 seconds or half an hour. Who doesn't love parties? Make yours the one everyone wants to attend. Chapter 42. I don't see you. 
A crowd of people huddled around your table at the local craft fair is a blessing. If you know how to manage it, that is. Otherwise, it's a curse. People will walk away with a bad taste in their mouth about your business, even before they tasted your new orange peel cake pops. Most likely, they'll never come back. At worst, they will talk about you and the horrible experience they had. People don't like to be ignored. We all have an unconscious need to feel valued and significant. But when you're faced with a crowd, how do you keep people involved? Lana has this mastered. She sells personalized plush animals to the young participants at cheer competitions. Whether it's a panda bear or a fluffy white puppy, all the stuffed animals are wearing the individual squad's colors. They have a practice bow. As a side note, the uniform bows can only be worn during competition. The animals also have earrings, a cheer skirt, and a custom printed ribbon with the girl's name on one side and her cheer team mascot on the other. You can see why the line to her table is so long. She does two things at these shows. She brings animals that have been pre-ordered. Therefore, a good portion of her crowd is there to pay for and pick up their new snuggly treasure. And she sells. So the other portion of the crowd wants to place an order. This is more time-consuming and adds to the challenge of booth management. Lana has perfected her systems, which is why I wanted to share her process with you. Whether you have pre-orders or not, her method of managing a crowd can work for you. 1. Divide by intent. If, like Lana, you have people coming to see you for different reasons, have two separate places where you can handle the different activities. Customers picking up pre-ordered products will complete their transaction much quicker. That can be on one side of the table. The other side can be for those placing orders. There you would have sample selections, order forms, and whatever else is needed to follow through on a sale. Remember, this is only if your booth gets overcrowded. Otherwise, one person can manage both tasks, order fulfillment and order taking. Two, systematize the ordering process. Most of the time at craft shows, the sale transaction is a simple process. Someone picks out what they want to buy, you run their credit card or take their cash, package it up, and you're done. If the transaction is any more complicated, having a pre-planned system will make your life so much easier. Another way to handle this is to have a form that you or your customer fills out. It's complete with all the information you need to process the order. These can be handed out if a line has formed to keep the customer engaged and speed up the process. The forms are also a fallback if someone can't wait. They can complete the order form on their own and mail it back to you. This isn't ideal, but it could save a sale that may be lost otherwise. Two, acknowledge their presence. This can't be overstressed. You are busy, you obviously can't talk to everyone at once. Plus, you want to stay focused on the individual conversation you are already having. But you can acknowledge someone who is waiting. Make eye contact, smile, and let them know you see them and will be with them shortly. This act of subtle contact starts the engagement process and they are more likely to wait around for their turn. Have you ever walked in a store or up to a show table and been completely ignored? It doesn't feel good. 
But if there is even the briefest exchange, most people understand that you are busy and they will wait their turn for a reasonable amount of time. Three, offer samples or entertainment. Is there something that you can do to provide a distraction while people are waiting in line? If you have a consumable product, offering samples is a great option. Lana has her daughter walk up and greet each person waiting. She finds out if they are there to pick up a pre-order or place an order. Then she directs them to the correct line. She also engages in small talk about what they have or are ordering. What animal and what colors? How did they find out about the plush animals? Anything to get a customer excited about having their cheer mascot. This is a way for people to stay interested until a transaction can be completed. Four, match people up with each other. If you are so busy at your booth that you can't possibly interact with everyone, have them start talking to each other. If you recognize someone in the crowd, let everyone know that she's already a customer and ask, what scent candle is your favorite these days? That may get others talking with her about their intended purchase. Or, Margie, let me introduce you to Gina. I believe you two have daughters the same age. All you're trying to do here is make people feel valued, recognized, and important. And they are. They are your brand new customers, and it's your first date. That's a wrap for this session of Maker to Master, and I look forward to sharing the rest of the book with you in upcoming episodes. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today.